Hey, it's Melvin, one of your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're a longtime listener, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Reviews are the lifeblood of the podcast world, so if you want to help us out, it'll take only a moment of your time. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the show. So what is becoming kind of an ongoing developing story? Um, we initially had scheduled some other topic to talk about. I believe we we're going to talk about Nathan Fielder uh, as he's become something of a figure of conversation on film Twitter and on the Internet. And it de- which does go into some interesting areas about ethics and like especially in like a post heavy prank show kind of uh, time. We we're long past that point. We're or like, even YouTube pranking. Yeah. Every YouTube, YouTube pranking. pranking. Yeah. Um, where like half the shows on like MTV or stuff like Tom Green or Jackass or something. Uh, but what keeps dominating the news cycle is the ongoing saga of what is happening with the Warner Brothers Discovery merger. Uh, we're used to sort of mergers being kind of bad for everyone. Every time Warner Brothers specifically is merged with anyone, uh, it has caused lots and lots of people to get laid off. It's caused businesses to close. Famously, it's one of mergers what killed WCW. Um, but what is interesting is this is the first kind of major merger in the streaming era uh, where we've seen that kind of same ruthless decision making imposed upon what was kind of considered a more consumer friendly product like streaming, where when Disney and Fox, uh, when Disney acquired Fox, uh, while it was sad to see people lose their jobs and, uh, you know, that sort of thing, um, there was this underlying promise of like, don't worry, we'll, we're going to put all the X-Men movies on Disney Plus, whatever. Uh, here we're seeing kind of the opposite where initially there was a bunch of products that got canceled we i believe we did talk about what happened with batgirl and scoob the sequel however this recently there was another major move which has made a lot of people upset angry and genuinely sad and i think that's kind of what's interesting here is that there is a genuine outpouring and grieving well i was just going to ask um what have you heard about the most recent development as far as this goes uh (laughs) <laughs> I texted you. I saw a photo of the artist who draw who, who the creator of Uncle Grandpa, and he drew a comic photo of the character Uncle Grandpa holding a gun in his mouth. <laughs> and and uh, I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting the way people find out about news now. It's like you'll find out about a major story because someone will post a picture of like an anime character crying. It's like me hearing about the news. <laughs> Everyone's just like, yeah. like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. And then it's like the twin towers just fell or something. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> why are we posting anime gifs of characters crying for that? <laughs> it's a little strange, but that's like, isn't that kind of the straight, like we've gone from writing long impassioned letters to your friends that you've known in the past to like, posting an emoji <laughs> crying emoji <laughs> like so sad to hear that Aunt house is dead crying emoji crying yeah. emoji like Probably it's put, just really weird they'll post the gif of the guy hitting all the kids at the at the barbecue and it'd be like zazlov to animated shows oh, yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's, how, he, that's how he process he starts now. slapping all the other people yeah. everyone walks up hey what are you doing yeah um yeah but i mean that's there, there's I'm not gonna not about to start a tangent about how communication changes depending on format but um, yeah, it's, uh, that I saw that, um, and I start learning of like a bunch of animated shows were taken off and I don't know, like, I think, um, I think I was texting you this and it was just the most confounding thing to hear 
that a bunch of animated shows were taking uh, were taken off of HBO Max that weren't available anywhere else. They were HBO Max originals. And as far as I know, they weren't even rentable on Vudu. So we talked about this in the Batgirl thing, but the six movies, including uh, Moonshot and such and whatever, you could go and rent them on Vudu and other stuff. And they've even tweeted that. But it's still not the same. And uh, especially a bummer because an American Pickle, I think of pretty like more when i say frequently i just want to make clear that that doesn't mean i'm thinking about it daily like american pickle is not my favorite but it's like what's on your mind today melvin the same thing every day (laughs) seth rogan's original film american pickle plural seth rogan's um yeah but like when i say i think about it frequently it's like i'm thinking about it more than like i was about to say morbius but i guess i that's like forced to be reminded i just there are plenty of movies I've seen, hundreds of movies I've seen that I do not think about at all for years. And then I go, oh, that's right. And like that American Pickle comes up in my thoughts because it's like it was a funny movie. Uh, the Wonka movies being written by the same guy, whatever, whatever. But but um, hearing a bunch of these shows were taken off and not rentable elsewhere. I just was like saying to Catherine. How how is anybody going to work with HBO anymore? What is going on? And like I was texting you, like I just can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. And so it kind of just became this like overwhelming feeling of frustration. Not because I'm related to this situation, not because as a podcaster I have to have an opinion, but because like as a person, when I'm thinking of logical situations about relationships, you want to continue how you want to correlate stuff, or even like at a ma- as a manager at my job. Like I'm thinking about how stuff relates that otherwise people won't. And my first thought is when you ax these projects, like you are saying something to people who will work with you that the stuff that they are investing in isn't just money, but like is their time, their creativity, there might be excitement that they have in this project that they want to do. And after years of trying to get it done they finally got it done only for you to just take it off i don't know it's just it's really crazy like i we all made jokes about nolan like leaving warner brothers to go work with i think it's universal now to do Oppenheimer. yeah yeah. and um how he like essentially was didn't i don't know he he didn't get political but he was just like really weird about movies during covid like (laughs) it was like but which I don't know. I don't think the guy votes. I don't know if he really has any perspective other than suit and ties and fighting in, in hallways. But uh, and that women die. And that that women, even yeah, not more just women, but and, wives. Yeah. <laughs> wives die. And sometimes by killing themselves. But um, Or that women get hit on... Uh, his filmography is so strange. Or they die fighting Batman. You know, the basic ways that all women perish. But, yeah. Uh, but are you- he kind of like was ahead of the curve by being like i'm out <laughs> and just left left warner brothers somebody who I was consistently worked with and that was a different situation because it was it wasn't zaslav i forget the guy before him but um but it was just i don't know smart for him to just be like i'm out i gotta get out of here i gotta go work with someone else um someone who's not so jumping the gun because like warner brothers seems to do stuff really quickly but you had a whole presentation you're gonna have for me and you're gonna ask me a couple questions but i just steamrolled for about six minutes but uh <laughs> that is uh that's kind of what i learned we can get into the specifics now but but yeah it's it's just that's like the spark notes version of this whole episode frankly is 
who's going to work with Warner Brothers after this? It's it's wild. Well, yeah, that is kind of one of the end um, questions that this raised. So there's there's three parts to there is the initial um, pulling of things, which I will read off a list of those shortly. Um, There is the things around how they did it and the other caveats involved with that. And then, yes, there is the reaction from creators. And because when I talk about like there is an actual like sense of sadness, it's just the people who make these shows, uh, a lot of which were animated or children's programming, were just vocally going online. They're posting things on Substack. They're tweeting just outright, just angry at Warner Brothers, which is something you don't see all the time. I mean, um, we made a joke in the last episode on Not Okay about how you like Dylan O'Brien because he was mocking Morbius <laughs> and how like that's a little silly because he's in the industry. He wants to work with people. So why is he mocking a huge Sony property that's trying to be pushed? But then like you have this happen where it's like, okay, fine. You're going to take my stuff off that I worked on for years. I think I'm going to let loose a little. <laughs> it's right. and- a lot of bad blood. And as I as I go through this list, one thing to consider is also that during the pandemic, animation was the one industry that was like reliably still going and where animators were actually leaned on very heavily. And it's part of what's sad about both the VFX artists being underpaid as well as what we're seeing now with people who work in animation and children's programming, where there was a period of time where they worked overtime. They're pulling long hours. They're working insane uh, schedules to hit deadlines, and they were help- helping keep the streaming platforms afloat and the instant they want, they're no, they're no longer like necessary. They're kind of feel like they've been uh, stabbed in the back a bit. But uh, so here is a list of uh, things getting pulled. And I don't believe this list actually. In addition to this, uh, 200 episodes of Sesame Street were pulled off HBO max. Um, and there actually is, and I actually do have what is the considered consensus reason for why this is happening. And it's not tax write-offs. So, yeah, uh, some of this is not tax write offs, which is really bizarre. And here, so here are first, and this is from Variety. Uh, first, you have a list of, list of HBO Max originals. These are things created for HBO Max uh, 12 Dates of Christmas, About Last Night, Aquaman, King of Atlantis. Can you Clo- d- make distinction between what's a movie and a show? Uh, some of these, I think About Last Night's a movie. <laughs> uh, okay. uh, Aquaman, King of Atlantis is also a movie, it's an animated special, Close Enough which is the adult animation show from uh, JG Quintel, Quintel, who did regular show. We have Ellen's Next Great Desi- Designer. Uh, we have Esme and Roy, The Fungies, Generation Hustle, Generation, Infinity Train, which I'll get into in a second more, Little Ellen, the animated show about young Ellen DeGeneres, which had a finished season three, uh, which was not released, and then they went and pulled the other two seasons. Uh, My Mom, Your Dad, Odo, Ravi Patel's Pursuit of Happiness, Summer Camp Island, uh, the Not Too Late Show with Elmo, which people are upset about. Uh, for those who uh, didn't watch people it, check that one out. Yeah, I mean it was, it's cute. I'm sure it's yeah. It had fun. a kind of a cult following. It's a late show hosted by Elmo, uh, the Runaway Bunny, Theodosia, Tig and Seek, and Yabba Dabba Dinosaurs. And then we have HBO Originals. Neither I have not heard of these shows. My dinner with her and share. Um, and then we get into these are Cartoon Network shows. So these were created and produced for Cartoon Network and then part of the HBO Max streaming platform. Uh, Dodo, Elliot from Earth, Mau Mau, Here is a Pure Heart, uh, Mighty Magiswords, OKKO, OK Let's Be Heroes, which is an insanely popular show. Uncle Grandpa, 
which famously every episode but one was pulled off and then two days later that final episode <laughs> was pulled off as well so people that's are not like, sure what happened there that's so scary uh, the last of survivor it's like kirby in the uh <laughs> in the cutscene for smash brothers yeah uh, very specific right, yeah. hey there it's your friendly neighborhood call to action just checking in on you hope you're doing all right I'm just stopping by to say, you know, if you enjoy the show, you can always subscribe and write a review for Cinematic Doctrine. There's iTunes, Podchaser, basically anywhere you listen. You can give us a shout out with a thumbs up, five stars, gripping positivity. Or if you hate the show, you can say that too. Wait, what? What are you saying? Why are you saying that? Well, I'm not going to tell them what to do, Ted. They're free to do what they want. Our analytics say we got a lot of listeners in the U.S. and you know they love their freedoms. And you're also free to check out our Twitter. Very active there. We host polls, memes. There's also the Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group called Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group. If you want to join, just answer the questions, read the rules, and tell them the podcast sent you. Also, you should check out our website. Some really cool stuff there. Editorials, written reviews for movies we haven't had time to cover. Always check out cinematicdoctrine.com when you get the chance. Oh, uh, Ted also told me I shouldn't forget to mention the Patreon. Something about you can support us or something? Wait, Ted, I thought this was like a hobby thing. You it's want me to... expand cinematic doctrine. You know right, this already. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, <laughs> I forgot. I'm the one who put all this together. Yeah, cinematic doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can gain access to early uncut episodes of the podcast. Oh, and did I mention you get to tell us what to do? That's right. Each month you get to vote on a movie we discuss on the show. Anyways, I gotta run. So, I'll see you guys later. And then there's acquired titles. These are episodes that HBO had either licensed or got um, that were just also pulled. Detention Adventure, Messy Ghost to Okido, Mia's Magic Playground, The Ollie and Moon Show, Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures, which Pac-Man has a weirdly strong fan following, make it big, make it small, and finally squish. And that is on top of 200 episodes of Sesame Street, which is particularly sad because Sesame Street was specifically created as a free public resource for children. And now it's being pulled, I believe, PBS of their own volition and start uploading episodes of Sesame Street onto their YouTube channel. They have, um, and they tweeted about that. But something also strange is that like Sesame Street is also a really, really useful archival tool um because it's so commonly produced like i think it's every day right every weekday is another episode or what is it i believe um, yeah at a point it was like five days a week you're getting a new episode of sesame street and so Um, that means like you can get a real like i don't know extremely family friendly appropriate and helpful way of like understanding what's going on at the time and like that's interesting uh, especially to have on a streaming network like wasn't there a, you know this reminds me wasn't there a streaming network before criterion channel that was specifically like um archival stuff and it went down like two years ago do you know what i'm talking about it was like oh yeah do you know um, what I'm ta- yeah it was like do you know i can't remember about. what it was called but it was like super sad that when it went under at some point because it was like a huge loss of old media that's just like gone but like Gosh, Sesame Street i can even is picture so, it i know what you're talking yeah. about and no, it's not Pure Flix. Or, <laughs> or was that um, VidAngel? No, that's the, uh, that's oh, yeah, the thing yeah, that was started yeah. by that uh, like Republican senator who stole a bunch of media 
I mean, I bought it at a thrift store, so I could do whatever I want with it, right? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I uh, Yeah, so to lose Sesame Street is kind of like sad in that sense, because you can learn a lot about what's going on at the time for research what's, projects, like, journalism. HBO uh, went out of the way to purchase that. I think they bought whatever. The, I think they bought the parent company that makes Sesame Street or something. So like, they went out of their way to acquire it, and now they're hiding it. Like, that's part of what's so weird about that yeah. one in particular mm-hmm. is... It, it would be like because you know Disney bought the um, uh, Simpsons. Yeah, they bought Simpsons. So they bought the so they bought the Muppets. They bought Jim Henson Productions. They'd be like if they bought the Muppets and then took every Muppets thing they had and just hit it for some reason. Yeah, um, which is what they're which is weird because they're the people not doing this and that's what they're famous for. So all the fears we had about Disney are being uh, magnified by HBO. So um, part of what makes this so peculiar is there's two things. First. Um, with a lot of these shows, not only did they pull them from uh, the streaming service, but they also deleted all promotional material for it. So, for example, for Infinity Train, the pilot episode was free on YouTube. That got pulled. They pulled advertisements for a lot of these shows that are on their YouTube channels and related media. Those are gone. And they've ceased to sell the physical media releases of some of these shows. So wow. People, okay. That's weird. So, yeah, some people were actually rushing out to you buy thought DVDs. PT was bad. This I know. is crazy. It's, it's like that blown up where like so initially only like seasons one and two of Infinity Train, just as an example, were for sale on Amazon. Now they are only for sale via third parties who have used copies. Um, and people are not sure why it's happening. And so what's particularly weird as like the creative OKKO and stuff are tweeting about none of them were told about this. Some of them were told like their agents were told that they would be given like a notice, like there, there's a high likelihood these shows are going to be deleted or pulled or whatever, but you know, we'll let you know. So you have time to announce it to fans and stuff. And then they just did this all anyway, without telling anyone. So there was for the day this was happening, there was tons of tweets and stuff where you'd see like a variety or deadline or discussing film uh, would be posting a tweet like this show's been pulled. And you'd see like people who worked on those shows replying to those tweets going, well, that's <laughs> that's sad. And like, so they were finding out at the same time we were. And so like you had moments where some of these people were online asking their fans to download anything they could find for like promotional material commercials because they themselves were worried that some of the stuff would just get lost. Yeah, I was just going to ask, are there like now like so archivists, are they like like Internet archivists? Are they going nuts? Like, <laughs> all right, well, let's go to the HBO catalog and just pirate everything on there just in case <laughs> some people are some people are actively like do doing that where there's specifically like there's i'm not gonna see who it is but there's some people on on twitter that were uploading google drives of these shows that are being downloaded saying hey if you want it i just have it and the creators of some of these shows were retweeting them um which is kind of unprecedented in a way and so like everyone's turned into the grateful dead where the Grateful Dead's just like, yeah, pirate our music, who cares? Yeah, yeah. If you got like, yeah, bootlegs of our like 78, 79 concert, just share those around. Um, and to be clear, each of these shows is in its own unique position as far as availability right now. Some of these shows are available in Voodoo, some you can buy on YouTube legally, some are still available on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, but what's weird is because of everything about how this has been handled, no one knows for sure how long and what capacity, or is it going to be a situation where like only a couple seasons are available? And so on and so forth. But if you're wondering why this is happening, because I'm sure because with the Batgirl and stuff and that was all tax write offs because there is a tax loophole that actually expires, I think, at the end of August where they they did. They crunched the numbers and they decided that it was cheaper and they make more money just by canning these shows. 
That is not the case with all these shows. Um, these shows, and in a few cases, movies were either have existed for a long time or they are just been available. Um, so why is this happening? Uh, so the running theory is because of the way the pay structures work in most of these shows, especially animation, where animators, writers, creators, all these people, a good portion of how they are paid is actually through back end royalties and revenue and getting like, you know, they'll get checks in the mail every once in a while because of their show was streamed this many times or they sold this many DVDs. And so Zaslav crunched the numbers and decided that um, these shows are, some of them are popular. A lot of them are not very popular if we're being honest. So he just said, okay, these shows are just getting canned. Um, we're pulling them because we just don't want to pay people the royalties uh, to that they they rightfully are owed from people still consuming the thing they worked on. Which, from my understanding, uh, royalties is weird for streaming. Like, part of why Netflix has so much content is that because there's no royalties for streaming, or at the time, uh, actors just needed projects all the time because they couldn't just sit back on royalties like old television, yeah. like stuff like that. So to hear that like a streamer was giving royalties in some capacity and then is just like, I'm just going to take yeah, this I, off. <laughs> I'm not an expert in how residuals work for these sorts of things. Um, but that is, yeah. So I'm not sure like, yeah, what the metric is for something right. like streaming. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if Netflix does it now or I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's, it's weird because like officially HBO is going and saying like, Oh, these shows are under, it's cause they're underperforming. Um, that's what they're saying. But as other people point out, there's tons of extremely obscure things still on HBO. And someone actually went through and like listed a bunch of random movies. Is Xavier Renegade Angel still on HBO? <laughs> I think it is. I'm the um, only person who watched that this year. Well, no one even, else has watched that this year. <laughs> that's more well known. Some people are going through and they have like obscure old like monster movies from the 70s and 80s on there. They have stuff that no one's watching. So really. Peacock. Peacock's entire catalog is super <laughs> See also everything in Peacock that's not like stuff. a famous sitcom. Like, uh, So some people think it's really these things just. In, inhabits weird middle ground where they're seen enough where they have to pay people for them, but not seen or I my this is just but me not enough to get signups. Yes. Where yeah. these are not things that are drawing like sign up. So for example, there's rumors right now that Titans and Doom Patrol might get canceled. They're just rumors. But I would guess that someone's looking at it and going, well, we have the main big DC films. So DC comics fans will still subscribe because we have Batman, the Amid series, the Harley Quinn show is doing really well. So like, Anyone we would get with like, I don't know, Titans is already signed up. So there's no per there's no reason to get these. So that would be my guess, but I, that's just me speculating. Do you remember when DC was its own streaming service? DC that was an, it something. was a relatively cheap and nice service. It was so. like six bucks, five bucks, four bucks, and you got both you could read DC comics and you got these shows. And I think they had a tiny catalog of movies, at least the animated ones. I had recently looked through one of my physical releases of a movie or something. And in it, it had like a thing where it was like, get a free month of the DC subscription service. I was like, oh man, who remembers that? And yeah, that's where like <laughs> Titans started, Doom Patrol. And people were like, you got to yeah. get it for Doom Patrol. So like, and now it's, then it, yeah, merged into HBO Max and it's, now I it's really liked it. I, I used it. I watched um, all of the DC animated films uh, during the, the, uh, 
the th- big part of the pandemic. Um, well, I actually feel so, like it's one of those things that streaming is missing out on. Like Netflix has a gaming thing. If you didn't know this, where you get some apps, if you have their Netflix, if you get the Netflix app on your phone and you're linked up to it, you can download some game apps. So like the stranger things, games that are available are on there. You can get whatever, but no one uses it. But I always thought it'd be kind of interesting. Like what if you had multimedia stuff like, comic books like a stranger like the stranger things novels what if you just had them in the app like yeah i'm shocked Googled, that it's so that. silly not to include it right yeah i'm i'm just shocked that like someone like microsoft or sony who have gaming libraries don't like team up with a streamer or something well they don't really need to just on that like game pass if you have game pass 15 bucks a month and you have it on your phone you can just live stream games using your touch screen sure um, but i mean this so, is yeah. so totally off topic but i'm thinking like for example like so sony who, they've teamed up with a particular streaming service i don't remember who it was but they could do a thing where sony's like, doing stuff with netflix so movies from sony will end up there okay. uncharted is one reason so like so. they could do a thing or on your ps4 or ps5 if you have the netflix app you get a bonus some like skin for like the Spider-Man game or something. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Like I kind of like when if you get this cell phone service, you get Hulu or something. I, yeah. I don't know why they haven't quite done. Something or like, like have, like in the or like have additional bonus like games or like you know what? Bring back I don't know if like back in the day when a new movie or cartoon would come out on CartoonNetwork.com or Nickelodeon.com, they'd have a new Flash game. And that's just be yeah. a regular thing. <laughs> they were super fun. The Kids Next Door, codenamed Kids Next Door, ones were fun. Yeah, I I actually played those. And so they should just do that with like Disney Plus can be all over that, right? Like every new season of um, whatever kid show kids are watching now, like they just have some new uh, games you can play if you're streaming on the iPad or whatever, you know. Um, But so I cannot that's it. I cannot under I cannot over it state how completely undermining and mean this is that they're just looked at the numbers and like we just don't want to pay these people anymore yeah so we're just going to create scarcity for zero reason and i do have some reactions here from some of the creators um there's one particular that i find very very sad which is um uh one of the art directors for tig and seek uh levon uh jihanian uh tweeted it's gone they're all gone (laughs) <laughs> and which is That's very it. sad and then there was a follow-up message where they said like yeah i could i can pirate these shows so the actual what they said is they're all gone like yeah i can go on a pirate streaming website to watch episodes but my kids can't i made this for them um and i remember another person joking uh, i don't remember the name of that but they said that like i can't wait to try and stream my shows that i made on kissanime.com while trying to cover up the weird ads with my hands so yeah I, I don't them. know if um some people yeah know this but at this point i think it probably started because i stopped watching anime a couple years ago uh not for any particular reason i just kind of phased out of the format and also like a lot of new shows are so homogenized it's in, in style that it's just not enjoyable or creative um i, I know those are some bold statements and mm. i know i'm really <laughs> gonna make some weeps mad i like reading manga <sighs> i way prefer reading manga 100 prefer reading manga um but uh it was a couple of years ago maybe like six or seven years ago that like a lot of the pirate sites started getting advertisements and they were specifically with like pornographic uh, games or pornographic like websites. 
because it's almost like sin likes to breed with itself. So like thieving and sexuality and stuff being all together. Um, but I digress. It's, it's not useful. Um, like it's just not like, why would, why would you want to go there anyway? (laughs) But, um, yeah, I don't want to like, like, what if like all these movies I own was just like, I want to watch Candyman and I have to go to some like pirating site. that's just pornography everywhere. So I can watch a movie about like, the black condition or something <laughs> like like it's just kind of like it just ruins a lot of the experience yeah i always thought though like if you worked on a pro well i know some places this is the case where if you work on a project you sometimes get if you're high enough on the project like a director you get like a special cut or a special reel that's like yours of the project does is that not like a thing or i don't, I don't know so it seems like a lot of these people um I figure if you're like Maybe an animator, don't. that's different. Like you are, <laughs> you didn't help build the project. Right. If you're just a storyboard proper, artist, but... they probably didn't give you like a complete like Blu-ray set of the show right. you worked on. I like, I think you'd have to either request it yourself, um, which not everyone's going to think to do that. Is that like or... getting like your class ring? You have, you still have to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pay their dues. They don't get a jacket. They don't get to go to the prom. <laughs> and they don't get their show on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, Oh, let's see. So Julia Pott, who is a creator on Summer Camp Island, uh, who was a creator, was the creator, uh, said, we worked for five years to make 100 episodes of animation. We worked late into the night. We let ourselves go. We were a family of hardworking artists who wanted to make something beautiful. And HBO Max just pulled them all like we were nothing. Animation is not nothing. Uh, which is both a, a fine sentiment, but also something to point out, which is Zaslav's background is from Discovery. He was somebody but not who worked... just discovery. <laughs> it was reality television. Yes, which... The literal scum of like, <laughs> he's the honey boo boo guy. He's the yeah. person who looked at the numbers. These reality shows were far more popular than the actual history channel or discovery channel stuff. Uh, but as someone pointed out like, this is what he's used to. Like he, he promised to cut like $3 billion in spending or something. Yeah. Something like and that. And so, but like when you're cutting like, the fifth version of a like 90 day fiance show, or you're getting rid of a reality show where people eat bugs or something and you can those shows. No one's going to notice like a couple people might get upset because they agreed to be on some weird house hunting show. And another episode won't air, but most people are, are going to be like, yeah, whatever they don't notice it's gone. So he, he's used to shelving projects over and over again without. And I think I listened to a podcast, talk about him as a figure and how like he's, sort of wanted to build himself up into the position of a very powerful television and movie mogul. And like, it's sort of this weird irony, this dramatic irony that that's like kind of been his history or at least proposed from this um, podcast from this news podcast only to like end up here. And they were a lot kinder about it because they want to preserve relationships with (laughs) Warner brothers. But like, the fact that like as a listener uh i'm keeping in mind that's the history he has where he wants to kind of be at that dinner table but then he's cutting a ton of projects across movies animation and television and then also streaming (laughs) i mean like you said this two weeks ago where it's like netflix you got you got a great opportunity right now to do a lot of good stuff yeah um and uh and this guy is I what I don't know. Like, does he just want to put out new sh- new seasons of like Ninja Warrior or like uh, My <laughs> Six Hundred Pound cops. Wife? Uh, or, I don't know. Yeah, cops or something like real. Like, especially now, reality television. Yeah, is hugely popular. I get it. But when you're when 
And maybe he's smart because he doesn't build his entire perspective on things like Twitter. But like when you're on an in- online age where everyone can start flaming about problems that they have, especially when they become more nuanced and social, like part of why Good Time is so good is there's a scene where the worst character you know, played by Robert Pattinson, sits down and also still criticizes the show Cops because it's just a show about police brutality. And like, uh, I don't know if that's what he wants to do, like then he's not going to reach that tier of like putting out good television, putting out good movies. I don't know. It's really, it's really bizarre, but this it's, is not totally out of the character with Warner brothers. Cause it, when it was AT&T Warner, they also, um, maybe you remember this, but they stripped machinima right off YouTube. Yeah. Like, I remember that. years yeah. of content that, yeah, not of it. Not all of it was particularly excellent stuff, but it was like, <laughs> some of it was news. So it can be timely for at least the internet's perspective on stuff. Some of it is produced content used from like oblivion <laughs> and like really early weird video game style animation. Like if Red vs. Blue didn't go off and become its own thing, like you could figure that would have gone been, been wiped. <laughs> yeah, for perspective, Red vs. Blue is considered a high watermark in this particular correct like, genre. Yeah. But <laughs> so. like it's still interesting and cool. Like and like to lose out on that is very bizarre. Um and but again, not not without precedent with this particular company. I'm curious though if there's any other company that's quite like done this, that's like done something this radically anti-archival or anti-historical in terms of um, entertainment. But I don't know. Maybe, but I think yeah, like this is the danger. Wait, when was the fire in in the? Was it the 1920s, 1918? Yeah, where 80 of all films ever made were destroyed. We're just destroyed Even to this day. This um, is the digital version of that, <laughs> except we're choosing to do it. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, this is the danger of putting because like I could see a big company just not getting Machinima, right? Like they're like, what is right. a bunch of and, nerds on YouTube? Who cares? Internet people didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, half the people on the internet didn't didn't get it or like it. But this is these are no offense to machinima real shows right these are real actual by artists and people who like depend upon those residuals to feed their families it's like the comparing like channel awesome to like any other better production (laughs) like losing channel (laughs) awesome means nothing channel also be lost over my cold dead body all right (laughs) (laughs) i'm watching a top the fourth wall shark jumping uh Oh man, that was a big part of my life. That really, was, I I'm so sorry. I watched a ton of like it's weird because it's like when I think about Channel Awesome, I'm thinking about like um like I watched a lot of Lindsay Ellis's stuff. I watched a lot of um, film. Yeah, Brain, I, mean, I watched Pierce her Lupa, post post awesome, um, but yeah, rap critic. But like I weird like I never watched like Angry Joe or like, no, me neither. <laughs> like the weird big creators that were popular i was never really into if but they're anyway. big and they're yelling then i don't care they can <laughs> Zazzle cancel them get them off the internet but yeah but like I'm even even that stuff like there's a level where that's like lost and it's kind of some of that stuff's lot like there's some spoony videos that are like lost forever for example and that is kind of sad but i should have the permission to point and laugh at something without it being removed from the internet if that yeah, makes sense that's, i think that's fair but like you have somebody in charge now who views a completed show like that was painstakingly animated and season is no different than like a ghost hunting show that could just be tossed away forever. And that's like very, very scary. And that's so like part of why there's probably someone listening was like, well, if these, some of most of these shows are still available somewhere, somehow, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is 
you have set like a tone and precedent for how he's going to act in the future where you have art like this is art like i know sometimes we can bicker and argue about what is and is not art but i think we can definitively say that television shows that people have made are definitely art they definitely have value and specifically seeing the reaction of people who worked very hard on these shows who don't own them necessarily hbo like warner brothers discovery owns them and now they're sort of beholden to this company that is completely unpredictable and it's unknown how they react or whether they will care enough to archive or save half of this stuff. And All so, after we just agreed HBO is probably the one that would become the best streamer. <laughs> it's, so it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's very we, Everyone collectively was like, this is the best one. Like, And I there's multiple episodes you can go back. And I was extolling the virtues of HBO Max where it's like, oh, they have all this great art. They have a great library. They have a great archive. Yeah. And some people will sit there and they'll say, well, like, well, maybe they're just trying to avoid the problem that a lot of streaming services have, which I think people call the Netflix problem. Uh, where of oversaturation and too much content. It's oversaturated, and now people can't so, find anything. It's so categorized well. It's yes. like the best categorization yes. I've ever seen. <laughs> HBO Max was so easy to navigate. And one of my was... favorite things, even about Peacock, is that they have like whenever there's a movie coming out that someone's on, they'll have someone from the movie come in and make a curated list from their catalog that they're like, hey, here's some movies we like, but it's Peacock. So it ends up being like bottom of the barrel, whatever they could find that they liked that's either on their shelf or they watched and they go, oh yeah, I like that movie. Put it in. HBO Max actually has a catalog. So like when they had like um, Taika Waititi come on for, I forget what movie came out at the time, but they had him come in to pick movies that were influential or important to him. It was like from stuff back to like 1950s to now and it was really good stuff that's what i watched stalker again a couple a uh, couple months ago and uh so it was like something i like from peacock made better at hbo and then hbo has its categories that are so much more easier and like just it's just crazy dude the more we we're gonna like catch fire by the time we get to the end because it's just the more you think about it the more you're like does Zaslav like what does he do in his spare time does he just like <laughs> he just go goes to, to libraries and sets them on fire and- <laughs> <laughs> so there is now running joker people go like hey i was just sitting at home and a guy in an hbo max t-shirt just came in and stole all my blu-rays is this is this happening to anyone else where it's like it's, it's it, i wonder if the money he's saving is worth the pr disaster this is where right yes like everyone now knows them as the company that hates tv shows and movies yes. yeah uh and yeah artists are swearing and it's off hbo them. right the home box office like the 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 thing that pioneered that television can be a bit more and uh only to be like actually television's just ghost hunters which <laughs> hey i like ghost Hunters. i I realized this is my fault because months ago I was like, where can I watch Ghost Adventures? Discovery Plus? I'll never get that. And then when I heard the merge was happening, I was like, oh, finally, Discovery will be part of HBO Max. <laughs> I can watch Ghost Adventures. All and my dreams just... about to come true. Yeah. <laughs> All of this. But like, I'm sorry, Uncle Grandpa. You have to go. <laughs> and <laughs> but, like, uh, I don't yeah. like Uncle Grandpa for the record. I, I watched it. It's not for me, but it should be available to those who do like the show. Um. Yeah, like I want, like, and well, there's a there's no, a cynical part I, I of them. I really where... think it's either you become better at curating, or you have to preserve what you've already created. Because maybe, what if it turns out Uncle Grandpa really is terrible, and like nobody likes it? I'm just positing. I'm not saying this is true. Well, you still contractually chose to work with these people. Keep it on your streaming service and be better at curating future content later on, because then. 
when someone wants to work with you, they can at least see like, well, even if my show sucks, it's still there. I don't know. That's important. That's really important to keep around. And uh, I don't know. He's just not doing that. It's really weird. Like some of these shows could be really great. I haven't watched them because I watch movies, not shows. But how how is anyone going to know now that they're not there? Or who's going to want to work with them anyway? Like, that's why I brought up Nolan. Like, Nolan does great stuff. And it, I mean, it barely took anything for him to step away. Uh, it was a little bit of like a baby move, kind of got some good criticism. But like, this is just so much more different and dangerous and not worthwhile. And like, Sony has a terrible catalog of movies. Like, when I, <laughs> a couple of months ago, we scrolled through them and I was like, man, they got only Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that's definitely not because of them. And uh, the rest they have is really terrible. But now it's like creators are just going to flee from HBO and somebody's going to eat them up and it's going to be for their benefit. But I don't know. Is it, has anybody else taken advantage of this PR to like be like uh, uh, other than PBS? I don't think so. Um, I know that that's like gearing into woke branding, which I would hate like to see Sony <laughs> or Disney start doing. But like, why not like have at least one tweet? Like this is what was two episodes ago. This is just me bringing up all old stuff. But I was like, what's Bob Iger think about some of this stuff? Like it's probably counting his Marvel money. Just like, ah, man, because Bob Iger was just like his last thing was building Disney Plus. And he pretty much left it perfect. He was like, we got to just perpetually have one new episode of a Marvel or Star Wars come out. That's all you have to do. And people (laughs) will stick around. Um, well, I think I think it's kind of what they're angling at, because as we speak, um, the new HBO Max sh- show, which is a prequel to Game of Thrones, has debuted and everyone's talking about it. So is everybody talking about it? I'm seeing quite a bit of chatter about it. I'm actually surprised. I think people are hoping that this will be turn out better than uh, the way Game of Thrones turned or out. Or it'll just be another but, bad prequel because you can't do prequels because HBO has released uh, trailers for the Last of Us TV show. Um, which also are getting some buzz. So I think they're cynically thinking that they can just do the Disney plus thing where you don't need a humongous library and you don't need to be artist friendly. As long as you have a couple things that keep people subscribed, then you're fine. And I think that's kind of what they're expecting. And cynically, I think they might be more right than I would like them to be where people will get mad, like get very, very upset for a while and maybe they're sowing some seeds that they will reap someday where they will burn so many bridges that people will just hate them but i mean historically that's just not how this works out like the big companies and corporations usually can survive as long as they get, keep giving you something game of thrones something dc comics and they'll be a-okay because at least disney has the like they were kind enough to just put stuff on hulu right like they didn't just shelve prey because it doesn't fit into their corporate vision. They just put prey on their other service, uh, which in theory was fine when you had discovery plus and HBO max that existed fine on their own. And they just are now merging them and just cutting costs and gender and gender. And one is for leaning back and one is for leaning forward. And that's, you know, what a weird, what a weird thing. I don't know. They're they're a bunch of aliens. That's part of it too, is they looked at their demographics and they're like, well, you know, kids stuff. That's not really, that's not really where our money is, you know, uh, which is a shame because a, a lot of these shows people are upset about them are older people. Uh, they are people in their twenties who still watch cartoons 
and they're perfectly old enough to spend money. So I don't know what they're even thinking about, which is, again, part of why Infinity Train was canceled is because it was a quote unquote kids show that according to executives didn't have an entry point for actual children to watch it because the show is so dark. But um, speaking of, I do have uh, Owen Dennis, the creator of Infinity Train, wrote an uh, uh, article on Substack talking mm-hmm. about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I would like to share some of that with you right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, the quote from him specifically that's going around that people are talking about it. And I'm just going to pull it up real quick. I have it on one of my screens. but it, um, So here's him just talking about how he feels. Um, he says, I think the way that Discovery went about this is incredibly unprofessional, rude, and just straight up slimy. I think most everyone who makes anything feels this way. Across the industry, talent is mad. Agents are mad. Lawyers and managers are mad. Even execs are, at these companies are mad. I can't bring think of a single person who works in animation entertainment um, that when you bring this up, doesn't just say, what the F are they doing? How do they plan to have anyone ever want to work with them again? Because why would we? What is the point of making something, spending years working on it, putting in nights and weekends, doing their te- doing their terrible notes, losing sleep and not seeing our families, if it's just going to be taken away and shot in the backyard? It's so incredibly discouraging. and They're definitely not going to be getting their best work out of whoever decides to say, we're working at the intersections of art and commerce, but the people in charge have clearly forgotten that they'll have no commerce without the art. Um. And uh, first, I'll get your reaction to that. And then I have a, I have a question that I would like to uh, both get Owen Dennis's take on here real quick that I'll ask you. But uh, what, first, what is your initial reaction to that statement? I think, I think something interesting, because this is, I mean, uh, maybe listeners don't know this, but me and Dan were Christians. So we think yeah. about things in that uh, moral blanket. But something I was thinking about is there will be money without the art. It's called reality television now that's not to say that i think all reality television is bad we have an episode that i really liked where me and my wife watched a show called killer camp it was a reality game show in uh, the uk uh, set at a campground where it was basically among us where one person was the killer and they would play games and the killer would be sabotaging the game of course nobody knew who it was but he had to sabotage it in a way that didn't get him in trouble and if he sabotaged it successfully he got money if he they if the camp camp counselors succeeded, they would get more money. So it's really great. And then each night someone would die and get taken off the thing. And that's like pretty fun. And, and in that way, something like that is, you could say art, it's a game. It's a participation part participatory experience. And so there's something art artistic about that. And ultimately the show was quite fun. Um, but there is profit to be had without art. It's called, and, I've said it before that you could argue pornography is art. It's just bad art. But like, there's a lot of money in the porn industry. There's a lot of money in really uh, sleazy advertisements. There's a lot of money in uh, exploitative reality television. Um, It's called Tiger King. And it came out in 2020. Um, And so I think that there's a sense in which what people are pining for is like a goodness to art or respect for art a respect for humanity, a respect for people, because when you have all of those things, you can get good projects or bad projects because it's not wrong to make something. um, And I'm not talking morally bad. I just mean like objectively ends up being not very good, like not very well made. That's fine. Um, And people need to be permitted to make bad art, so to speak, in, in in a functioning sense. In a moral sense, it's a lot more complicated and more frustrating, especially as Christians, because it's like, what what does this do other than tear tear down? But I think 
I think, um, but obviously what he's writing about is more this idea of like, if he wants to, there's a, there's mixed signaling where like HBO as a precedent is about high class fiction, high uh, prestige fiction, prestige television. And uh, Discovery went from being like educational television into like the historical channel alien stuff and the uh, <laughs> obscene degree of World War II stuff and whatever. Like, um, and there's something that's just not as engaging or about those things. There's something not as beneficial culturally or socially or individually to those things. Not not necessarily the historical stuff like World War II, but I mean like alien silly stuff. Although there, I guess there's something interesting to be said about like <laughs> that being so popular. Um, but that's clearly not why Zaslav would be producing that. Um, so, but when it comes to like fiction or like valuable stuff like that, he's right. Like there's not going to be money made in this because what are you going to get? Like the dregs of the Quibi shows or something like you're going to get real baseline weak stuff or you're going to get people who are just desperate to work with you or you're going to get people who didn't know what you did in the year of 2022 when you canceled a bunch of shows uh and continued your precedent of of eliminating content that that is already produced i mean Um, i think i think there's definitely some money being made in reality television shows i agree i yeah like i said i and i started with like i i liked killer camp and it convinced me like there is something really enjoyable about this like i really enjoyed talking over the show and feeling free to do that because it doesn't matter. It was very easy to watch. I I didn't feel like I had to sit down and focus on everything and rewind it when I missed something. And there was something really liberating about that kind of show experience. That's why I like Ghost Adventures because it's fake and stupid, but it's really fun. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's money that's going to be made in that. But it's not. I, it doesn't seem like that's kind of the angle that the author that you're talking about is kind of coming from. His seems more complicated in a good way about like there's people involved there is heart involved there's a message that's involved but what message are you trying to get overtly from the bachelor Uh, not uh, there's no real met there may be an implicit message about how we treat people when it comes to marriage but yeah i don't know but you you sounded like you had a second thing you were gonna also just say like i think it's weird in general that like If if this was the way to go, Discovery Plus would have already been the most subscribed to like like streaming service. Yeah, you know that's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why you, was it? You fixed it. <laughs> well, yeah, like it was like one of I didn't even know it was a thing. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't mm-hmm. watch reality television. I don't. The closest thing to reality television I watch is like game shows, and that's on occasion. And that's I wouldn't subscribe to a service for them. And it's it's very odd that like one of the least subscribed to, least known subscription services is the one that seems to be the dominant thought process when going yeah why is that on top that's so weird it's very did he make like a deal with someone who like 30 years ago uh zaslav is at this man's deathbed and he goes i want you to promise me when i make a streaming service when when they make one called discovery plus that you won't let it die like (laughs) me right now and zaslav's like yes yes so it's actually like he's got this like hero arc that we don't know is is going on 
Maybe that's what it is. Because uh, I don't know why else you'd make such stupid decisions. Yeah, maybe like he this. needs to sacrifice a certain amount of television movies to unlock some ancient evil <laughs> from, yeah. from a crypt. Uh, that's is this like Cabin in the souls. Woods? Is this the Cabin in the Woods moment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to go. they got to sacrifice them so that some the old evil ones can be don't defeated. Kill us. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it, I, I agree with a lot of um, his sentiment there. Where I think also just like in general, like there's a ceiling too. where once like there are definitely gonna be people who initially won't be bothered by this because they still get to watch Game of Thrones. Maybe they do like all the ghost hunting shows. Um, and as long as they have a couple things, but that's going to run out eventually and say what you will about Disney Plus's like rather limited library. They're adding things They're They're at least they're slowly and surely incrementally expanding the scope of the service bit by bit because i think they are recognizing that and it seems like almost that warner Bros. discovery is also playing a bit of catch-up where their big idea for dc was a 10-year plan <laughs> like yeah. where like ooh, Snore. could this possibly yeah. work and it's like okay great but um owen dennis very these people don't know how exhausting like media is right now hearing a 10-year plan that like re- re- reject that i reject it <laughs> I, well, I do not want yeah that. and your big idea for saving hbo max is game of thrones i i don't know like like i know that wasn't zaslov's idea that was wheels or motion a long time ago and it's still a relatively well-known and respected thing but if if that's all you got like what what is i'm very curious what his actual vision for the future is because right now the only big projects that are coming out are things that were greenlit before he even got there you know like joker 2 or whatever so, like, if his big vision for the future of the company is to constantly cut costs, then I don't, like, I think eventually the gas is going to run out of the tank, but that's just me. But um, one thing, Owen Dennis famously changed his Twitter bio to say that my show can only be pirated, and uh, <laughs> which, is, which isn't even true. He later in the sub, same Substack sub article links to a couple places where you can still legally watch the show. You do have to pay for it, which I have thing to mention in a second but um he directly answers the question he's is pirating a movie or tv show ethical and he has a what i think is a really interesting response it's not from a christian perspective um but i will read his response to that and i think we can respond to it um so is pirating a movie or tv show ethical and he says that's up to you we're talking about art here art is for people to see and experience art makes up our culture it's the most human thing that humans do no other animal makes art except for us that's fascinating, right? Our culture is preserved through art. The most popular kind of art we have currently is television and movies, which means that those are the greatest and most widely seen depictions of our culture at the moment. The issue we have right now is that our most well-known art is, for the most part, owned by about five gigantic multinational corporations. That means that they also own our culture. If you own our culture, then you also own our history and our access to it. Should a handful of companies own that, much less have the monopoly they have on it right now? I don't think so. So the question you have to ask yourself becomes, if a giant corporation has stopped me from having the ability to access my own culture, is it okay for me to watch a copy that doesn't funnel money toward them, doesn't create scarcity of the art, and doesn't make a mark on some algorithm's metrics? Only you can answer that for yourself. I don't believe you should pirate something just because you don't have money. That's essentially saying, yes, you artist, you've made something, now I get to have it for free. You don't get to be paid, you don't get to have your health insurance, all because I want to see something you worked for years on for free this evening while I eat a frozen pizza. That's very selfish. I would consider that to be theft of labor. However, if you no longer, if you are no longer given a chance to access to pay for that art, 
we're not talking about restricting you from seeing and experiencing your own culture and history purely because someone is creating artificial scarcity. Now we're talking about preserving our of our own history. I often own multiple copies of media that I care about, a digital version that I can quickly access on my TV and a physical pirated copy for myself with neo, no DRM rights attached to it. Basically, I own one for convenience and one for preservation during the apocalypse or the corporate equivalent of an apocalypse. Does this logic hold true of every kind of art in every instance? No, absolutely not. That's why I say this is something for you to choose. Just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and not just because you feel like paying a couple of dollars to someone who labored to make something uh, isn't worth it. Artists need to pay their rent. Artists need healthcare, and artists have a right to share their work in the way they intended. Remember, a percentage of that money does go to them. So just think about what you're doing ethically and don't try to justify it post hoc. Now, I will say that one thing I've thought about is in these trying economic times, uh, I have a certain amount of money I can spend on entertainment and leisure. And in theory, by giving HBO Max $15 a month, I was thinking like, okay, this means I'll have access to certain things in perpetuity. And now um, it is a little scummy that something that I previously was in theory paying at for access to. Now I'll have to pay an additional fee just to see it or just to experience something um, especially on this wide uh, scale. Cause if you think about the number of things they pulled that I will then have to then allocate more money to, and I'm saying this as for this entire week, I'm just eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, uh, because I am a bit <laughs> between paychecks at the moment. Uh, so I have, I've given this some thought now, um, before I give my own feelings, thoughts and feelings on this, um, first I, we're aware that certain films such as Nosferatu only exist now because of piracy. Uh, for various reasons, they're initially uh, made illegal or actively being destroyed by governments and censorship boards. And because of piracy, legal copies now exist. We are aware of that. Uh, but I will let uh, Melvin uh, respond to this first. Um, yeah, so like, uh, I don't know if this was going on at the time, but I know YMS, Your Movie Sex from YouTube. What he does is when he gets a physical copy, he has like a series of programs that he can then put in. Uh, put the disc into his computer, save the film into a hard drive, and it like removes all the DRM, and then he can you know, have it. And then it also permits him to then use it for when he's editing uh, his videos. He can kind of just have the video somewhere on his like on one of several hard drives to interact with, manipulate, make stuff. Because because that's you know <laughs> how YouTubers do it. But um, but I I I do feel. Um, that there's an importance in which like, yeah, render under Caesar what is Caesar to the point that Jesus himself says that. <laughs> so, which, yeah, you could say that about any of scripture because he is the word, but like there's a difference when he himself says it out of his own mouth. And so law is important and that includes, and in that particular case, it's taxes, which I know for some reason, there's this weird love with libertarianism among like reform Christian circles. I think it's because it's that young restless reform like bug going on. But like when you think like my taxes goes to Planned Parenthood or something, I don't even know if that happens in my state or in my area. But when you think that it's like, well, then why would I want to pay taxes knowing my taxes are going towards something I uh, morally disagree with? And I do think that there is a sense in which individuals have a right to discern what is good and make decisions um about that but but uh, and and there is a point in which those who lord over you if they are doing something wrong um with your goods or with you 
you have also a right to preserve the self and preserve what's important to you based upon like biblical like morals so like if some if if the government this is going to sound really wild um and so just precedent there but like if the government like literally brought back prima nocta or something and it was like oh your state senator gets to sleep with your wife before you marry her it's like yeah i think i'm going to preserve <laughs> like the the sanctity of the one i love and i might you know, not follow that law. And so there is an interesting thing to argue about, like, when do laws go beyond what is, like, morally, biblically allowed and permitted in terms of what the government can or cannot do. Now, that's weird when you're talking about entertainment media, because entertainment media, yeah, media exhibits art, how you create and build. That's why architecture is so interesting, because it also exhibits what was important to maybe a people group or culture or what was necessary for them to survive or live. Like when you, like we just had like crazy heat stuff in like the UK and like they could not like live because the houses are made to hold heat. And so that's an architectural artistic representation of a culture and how it's existed and preserves and stuff. I mean, this happened, yeah, in Texas, they, uh, during the, um, freeze in, uh, 2021, I think it was 2021 where like the houses were made to expel heat. And so you had fridges or I'm sorry, not for uh, toilets that were freezing uh, with freezing water. So it was just like, um, it's, it's, there is reality in what is created by man that exhibits important things to man. Uh, And so I'm not saying that because it's entertainment media, because I'm looking at what the black hoods taught her in Annie hall on my shelf, or even Paul Blart mall cup too, that there isn't like uh, a recognition of these things being valuable. Um, but there is a way in which like the, the going against law um, for the sake of something like this, as opposed to something for going, I, I, there's like a category that I'm trying to think of. Let me go with the category I know confidently. If there's laws preventing you from literally staying alive, um, so like food and water, or laws preventing you from like protecting your body, so like a prima nocta thing or violence against the body, then I think there's a lot more freedom and precedent to like for man itself to defend against those laws. But when it's something external, like artistic exhibition, I think it's a little different. Um, whether or not, like, from a moral standpoint as a Christian, that that's permissible. Now, how far that degree goes is a little different. Like, I own these physical copies of these DVDs and these Blu-rays and these VHSs and these video games and all this stuff. Um, but there are actual laws about how many people I can have over to watch a movie. Uh, they're different by state, I'm pretty sure, or maybe your state won't even have them. But, like, uh, at a certain point, it becomes like, that's like a form of piracy. It's really interesting. I remember reading about this stuff years ago. And the same also goes for like, okay, you bought a physical disc, but what you bought was the license to have the disc and play it in your house, not to have a church get together and invite everybody over like, or your neighborhood to watch it. Like my uh, a church nearby will do screenings of movies and they have to actually get a license to do that and like have a Uh, put up a giant screen in the parking lot and people can come visit. Um, And so uh, I think, 
I think uh, what's interesting is if you want to do something like piracy and you want to come up with like a way in which you're comfortable with it, you have to really like go lawyer mode, like goblin lawyer mode and really look up all of these specifics of what's appropriate or not. Because what YMS is doing by taking a Blu-ray, putting it in his computer and using some uh, some programs to remove the DRM and download it can also be considered illegal, even if he's not downloading it to then put it up on a pirate pirate bay or something like that. Like, um, and so it's a, it's a deeply, deeply complicated thing. And part of the reason law is so useful as a tool is that you don't have to get into these complicated subject matter because it's reliable. Now, when people start using law in weird ways or wrong ways, like Zaslav just removing content, which, yeah, he's allowed to do it totally legal, it starts to rustle feathers because there's there's a way in which like there's law written and like uh kind of like when you're a kid you have like the like a, a code of ethics about what's appropriate what's not when you're kids or something and like it's not written down but when it happens you know when something wrong or antithetical to it happens you know it and you can explain it and i think like that's kind of what's happening with zaslav where it's like dude you yeah it's legal you can take these shows down but like come on like that is inherently not good and we've just explained it throughout this episode why it's not good and uh I, I know we're, I'm now discussing the concept of law, um, not in a lawyer sense, but just as a, as a literal ph- philosophy. But like when it comes to something like pirating, it be, it's just, it's just, I think I would push his idea a little step further, or at least maybe add an asterisk as a, as like an editor's note to say like, yeah, do the work before you decide this is appropriate. Cause yeah, people do this all the time with, with, um, video games uh emulation and stuff like that like i brought up halo in the last in the background episode where like if you want to play the original version of halo it's like basically impossible unless you have like a nearby store that can refurbish an xbox and then get you the disc and whatever um and uh i don't know is the right way to do that to play with the original xbox controller that has like 50 buttons on it i don't know but you could also just emulate it and like that would be inappropriate and wrong like that would be immoral because you're stealing but maybe not because it's really hard to play the original but is hard does hard mean that you just get the leeway to pirate it i don't know i i we could have a whole episode on this particular topic because it's really fascinating but i i feel it would require a lot of like i would want to prepare my thoughts out because i think like as I kind of alluded to, there's categories, there's law that's important, there's situations that are important, there's kind of like natural philosophy that you just have, and then also like practical uh, that's important. But what, how do you feel about this? Because you texted me, you were like just straight up thinking of not thinking a lot about piracy, not that you're thinking of doing it, just thinking about piracy as a subject matter. Yeah, yeah. I have, um, Back in the day, I definitely partook in what you could define as piracy. Oh, sure. Um, But, you know, as I've gotten older and and stuff, and it's something I put behind me a bit, um, it is something I've thought a lot about. I think part of, um, so I will say one of the things that I struggle with is I don't like things that are kind of like loosely defined. Um, Because I do think there's a level where you need to like, like copyright law and what we would consider to be piracy is so weird to me just because it's like the nebulous. So for example, some people don't know this, but if you in your entire life borrowed a CD from a friend 
and this is something a lot of people used to do back in the day and you save the tracks on iTunes and you yes, do not own the CD. It's, yeah. That is illegal. <laughs> and I don't yeah. even know if people realize that. That's um, uh, what I did at the library all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then I was like, Oh, this is wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's technically piracy. If you, right. if you recorded a song off the radio onto a cassette tape and made a mixtape for your friend, that's piracy. Like these are all things that technically are piracy. Um, so like where does the, like, cause like part of piracy is you're putting a cost and, and payment on just experiencing a thing. So like if you walk by someone's house and you catch a glimpse of what's playing on their television set, like that's technically like uh, that's legally nebulous, right? Like, so, um, there's a level where I'm not even te- always sure of what is considered is or is not considered piracy. Right. Like yes, if you walk yeah. into like, cause I mean, I'm part of the generation where like on our pizza night at, at, at third grade or fourth grade, they'd play like space jam or pirates of the Caribbean or something. And technically I don't think that was legal in most right. cases. Yeah. So like, cause obviously like the concept of theft, like stealing something is like wrong, you know, like just, just generally speaking, it's wrong. If like I walked into your house and took something that wasn't mine, that is wrong. Um, when it comes to piracy of media, that gets a little shaky for me just because like, if I'm hearing a song I didn't pay for, like in some capacity, like, I don't know if I feel like that has crossed line to sin. That said, um, well, the basic premise of if I have not paid to watch something, and I am going online and I'm getting a copy of it that was illegally procured in the first place. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to argue that that is not stealing. And yes. I think it's hard to argue that that is not um, on, in and of itself unethical via Christian standards. Because I think part of being a Christian is you have to make difficult choices and sacrifices. And if you are a professed Bible-believing Christian who believes that the 10 commandments are a thing. It's a hard to argue that just taking something that isn't yours because you really want to see it is yes. not enough of a like moral justification to do so. But where we are part of why we had this conversation in the pr- first place is what do we do in a situation where something is perhaps being unjustly suppressed? Um, now we're entering into, I think some morally gray area where I think at this current juncture, to be clear, like, I don't think you can justify, like, pirating the show Infinity Train. Like, for example, what, what the man who wrote this article, um, because there is, like, multiple avenues by which you can still legally see it. And I think in those cases, you were also doing more to benefit uh, the people involved. Because I remember reading an interview with um, Scott Adkins, who, for those who don't know, he's, like, kind of a B-movie star. Uh, but he's a star of the Undisputed series, which are direct-to-video action films. And so he was asked about piracy. Uh, because there's a lot of people like and so he's, he was talking about like it's funny like we have so many fans and i get so many messages but like the d i see the dvd sales <laughs> and so it's weird because like the people who claim that they love this thing um part of why we have to pause and consider whether we can do more movies is because all these people that claim they're fans are also not paying to see right. these movies which is not right yeah stealing, and it's also yeah. like counterproductive right because <laughs> it's like now he's sitting there wondering if you can make more of these movies everyone likes because all the so-called fans aren't actually even paying to support them. You know, um, that's, that's, that's where that, I mean, like even stepping outside, just like Christian morality, that's just dumb. Like you're not, you're not supporting the thing you claim that you love. Uh, but I do think that if like a government was to suddenly like put, 
like pass really harsh censorship laws that were unjust or were unjustly trying to take away someone's art or destroy it. Or um, even if the company was doing something illegal or underhanded, um, I think you can make a moral argument for the sake of preservation um, as long like as if it wasn't just an endeavor for profit or just for your own amusement, even, you know, um, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a gray area because art is something that like it's a very existence is part is like odd where like part of what gives art is inherent value is in that people are experiencing it. And as Owen Dennis and every artist that you'll talk to say is they make stuff because they want people to experience it. They want people to watch it, listen to it, read it. And the fact that like the modes by which it trans it's transported are so also like, uh, like, like a movie, like it's transported via people watching it. So if I was just to project a movie onto the side of a building, like people walking by, like I don't, I wouldn't say that they're sinning because they turn their head to look at it. Like right. that's a little unfair, right? Or if I'm if you're outside of a concert venue and you can hear people playing inside, I don't think you're sinning because you can hear the music. So I think there is a level where it's a little weird where we like it's weird in the sense that it's like I think it's difficult for someone, especially if you're earnestly trying to figure out what is right and wrong where you draw a line on something being like illegal, like um, because, and this is even can like made even more complicated by the fact that like the laws change from country to country, what is considered piracy or what is considered immoral or illegal in terms of what have you like versus when my friends went to Guatemala, they just walked down the street and there's just people selling DVDs that when I put them on a PS4, um, my PS4 wouldn't play them because it said it detected like illegal activity um, because they weren't copyright, you know? So it's just like, uh that's where it gets a little tricky for me but i also think it's interesting though when the when the people making the art themselves are advocating for its own piracy like pretty famously um there was a particular nine nails uh live dvd that if you went through the store and clicked it to buy it it would just take you a link to the torrent um because <laughs> for <laughs> for whatever reason you know and there are other artists out there that just like i know john bellion at one point like all his music would just free on his website uh so you know artists themselves have their own art artsy feelings on these sorts of things some people don't care because they make money off ticket sales and merch sales because of the way their contracts are set up that said whether or not they get funding for tours and get to make merch is also based on their sales and streams in the first place so there is a whole ecosystem that you kind of have to play in but um i don't know it's something i think about quite a bit because it's it's Everyone on their, like, if you ask them, like, do you think it's okay to steal stuff would tell you, like, most people, especially Christians would say no. But then you're like, oh, did you ever make a mixtape for your friend? Did you ever make a mix CD for your friend? You know, did you ever just, like, watch a YouTube video that wasn't uploaded by the original uploaders? And it's just like, yeah, all those things technically constitute piracy. If you Um, scroll TikTok or even the Facebook video live feed thing, you have been you saw freebooted stuff, which means you probably saw yeah, there's a yeah. 99.9% chance. Like I watched Food Fight that way. Someone just was like tagged me and it was just on Facebook. Someone was just playing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, it's uh, especially because yeah. like too, like um, if I'm in another country and I want to watch American television, chances are like most of my options are going to be piracy, like by some degree, you know. Um, also in Russia, piracy is legal currently. So, <laughs> like officially, like so they, could fly, they could they could watch the Batman. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Just so it's like, hey, they're watching the Batman via like I think one, two, three videos or something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
don't know. It just, it just, it just, it's just been on my mind. I just uh, thought it'd be. I thought our listeners would want to hear our takes on it. I, I don't then... support piracy in theory, <laughs> but but I recognize that people are going to do it, and I think some people will have interesting justifications for it. And I can see uh, other because I will say like too like as somebody who supports missions, I've supported a lot of what someone would consider piracy uh, via, you know, smuggling Bibles into other countries and, and uh, Christian movies and stuff. So Mm -hmm. there's precedent. Yeah. There's precedent. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not for an animated show. Maybe not for (laughs) uncle grandpa, but (laughs) sorry. It's just the same thing. It's like, (laughs) I smuggle uncle grandpa. I smuggle (laughs) the guy where God's word. (laughs) Doll in the suitcase. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash cinematicdoctrine. A special shout out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Sherlyon, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck. We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.